1: Here's your host, the one and only Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome, Dan Bach, Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast for you on this Tuesday. Hopefully uh, you had a successful Monday out there in the DFS space. Myself, um, not great. I didn't play too heavy. I played pretty light, just gruesome, Uh, low-dollar, um tournaments out there and a little bit short but you know you can't win every day in this game you got to set your expectations reasonably and uh and for me you know what sometimes break even night is good enough and uh, hopefully you have that big bank along the way that sets you up for the next uh i don't know year multiple years if it's one of those 100k type things but uh nonetheless hopefully you're enjoying yourself playing dfs that's what this is about it's great entertainment for most of us and if we can make some money along the way that is great. And obviously, we're going to talk about the uh, NBA slate for you on this Monday or Tuesday here momentarily. Need to thank Fantasy Draft First. They're the sponsor of the show. Remember, March Mayhem happening over there, and uh, their first kind of Mayhem designated tournament will be on Friday. It's going to be $50, three entry max. Love that buy-in price point, not too expensive. Love the fact that uh, three entries is putting most people on a pretty level playing field. So even if you don't wanna put all three in, uh, it's not like somebody's you know firing 10 or 20 or 50 or something like that, so you're only two behind them. So make sure you check that out. If you like what we do here, check them out at Fantasy Draft. Reasonable rake and uh, a really fun experience, and remember that March mayhem, it's fun. You get to go out to uh, Charlotte. They're going to pay for your travel and go to an NBA game, play some golf at some premier golf course courses, and uh, yeah, you know good people over there, so I'm going to be taking a shot at that starting on Friday as well, so uh, check them out if you haven't done so already. Uh, one little, uh, you know, somewhat interesting bit of DFS news that came out yesterday was that DraftKings um, announced that they are going to be, uh, or that they have hired a head of sports book. Which is uh, really the least shocking development ever. I've been talking about it on this show for the better part of like two years. That ultimately, when sports betting was going to become legalized, uh, the sites like FanDuel and DraftKings were in such a good position to leverage that that it, they'd be foolish, you know, not to kind of develop their own. And you know, the question was, would they develop their own, or would they potentially sell their company, sell their customers to a larger entity? And it appears DraftKings is going to go the route of uh, of maybe doing it themselves. And it's not surprising to see that simply because they just, you know, what were, came out and said, we're going to hire 300 more people, we're going to expand our headquarters. All those kind of expansion and growth, you know, leads you to believe that they are going to be all in rather than, you know, parsing it out to, you know, an MGM or, um, you know, a larger gaming company. So I'm not shocked to see that. I'll be curious to see if FanDuel does the same thing. But basically, you know, this Supreme Court decision uh, could come down any day now, maybe as early as uh, next week. And, you know, if the state of New Jersey wins, you could have regulated sports betting in that state very, very soon. And as we've learned in this space and so many other gaming spaces, first to market is is huge importance like if you can build a customer base uh right off the bat you're going to be ahead of the game and the fact that they've already got people with money online they trust to be able to uh deposit and withdraw and you know the moment that we're going to have combined wallets between a a sports book and a and a a fantasy site uh they're going to be positioned really really well and and i think they realize that so this is their first step the question is how quickly can they you know, get all this stuff up and running, and I think, you know, the one thing we've learned about DraftKings from the beginning of their existence in DFS is that tech has, their tech has always been excellent, you know, some people will, will disagree with that, but if you weren't playing in the early days, um, you know, when FanDuel was the dominant force, I mean, FanDuel had 80% market share of the fantasy, the DFS space, no joke, 80% of it, And DraftKings came in and, you know, did two things. One, they said, okay, we're going to run really big tournaments because people like those. And then more, I think, than anything is they realized that there was a huge gap in the type of uh, tech that was in this space, that that was something that I felt like FanDuel largely ignored early on for maybe a myriad of reasons. Part of it, you know, their site was not equipped. It wasn't built the right way for scale. And DraftKings was able to do that early on. But I think more than anything is, you know, a lot of money that FanDuel spent early was on marketing, and that absolutely worked. But I think some of that came at the expense of the actual tech, where DraftKings came in and said, hey, we're going to build something that makes it easier for people to play on. And, uh, and you know, they've done a really good job in, in most aspects I believe of their business in, in the tech side of things, and uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how quickly they can get a quote unquote sports book up, get an app up, and uh, because I think you know that that is going to be the path to major growth for these companies. And you know, people will say, "Well, does that mean DFS is dead?" No, DFS isn't dead. What DFS did was it it basically grew. Um, instead of growing slowly over the course of five, six years, it grew lightning fast over the course of one, um, with that just massive ad spend we had about what, two, three years ago. And it it basically brought DFS to the masses probably way faster than it, it should have happened. You know, normally you like the slow kind of organic growth. Well... These companies got competitive and you had this lightning growth. So, you know, if they would have stayed on that track that they were on before, um, you know, we're probably right where we should be. But the problem is when you when you grow at that massive amount, it's not sustainable. It's impossible. It's just not sustainable because they, they leveraged their bank account so far to build their companies up so quick it didn't matter. Even if they had more ad money, you're at some point in time, you're gonna kind of hit that critical mass and we potentially could be there with DFS, but it doesn't mean that there's not another emerging market and you know that both of these companies are looking at that and trying to figure out how they can do it. And uh, in DraftKings, you know, again, this looks like it's gonna be a state-by-state deal to start out with and they're opening this office up in New Jersey and there's no question that, You know, they're going to make a run at this, and I feel pretty confident that they're going to do it right. Um, But, uh, you know, I think early on, it's just going to be so interesting to see what form this takes. I mean, it's probably going to be what you come to expect when you go to your typical sports betting app over there in Vegas or, you know, over-unders, the... uh, Uh, just the spreads for the particular games. But I I do hope that we get, you know, cool innovation peer versus peer sports betting games because I think there's going to be a large demand for that. And I think there's even going to be a larger kind of crossover audience for that as well. And the one thing, the beauty of those type of things is that it really limits the risk that you put on the actual companies themselves. Because, I mean, you saw it, And it was fascinating to hear during that West Virginia hearing talking about, you know, bringing sports betting to West Virginia, the Super Bowl, everybody thinks like the sports books made piles of money. Like it was just tons of money being made for the sports books. Well, in fact, the sports books, if they had to pay the requisite uh, integrity fee that the NBA and NFL and and MLB want, um, and then the taxes that they'd have to pay to the state and to the feds. Uh, the state would have lost money on the Super Bowl. It would have lost money on that event. So you still have that risk of people always think like every time it's set up 50-50 on on a bet. So, you know, the, the sports books always make money. That's not always the case. And certainly as in the Super Bowl we saw, the margins can be razor, razor thin. At least in, you know, peer versus peer games, and I know people don't like this because that fee can get up there in the terms of rake, like we see in DFS. But at least you know when you run a peer versus peer contest, you know the amount of money that you're making on said game. So I'm just you know waiting and excited to kind of hear about the innovation that we can see, and feel kind of confident that DraftKings uh, can achieve that, just because. You know, they kind of have a history in that. They're not just your old time, you know, European bookmaker who, you know, it's very, you know, the way that they do things out there in the UK. Yeah, it's pretty much how we do it in Vegas. But I also think that, you know, as millennials, you know, get more into the gaming space, uh, they're also getting smarter, you know. And uh, I think that they realize like, yes, you know, maybe these games are raked higher but they're also, if I'm going up against a certain person, um, odds are going to be a little bit better even with the rake than they would be trying to uh, trying to bet against a super sharp line because the number of like professional people who play, who do sports betting, um, it's not a lot. It's hard to make money in that because the people who are setting those lines and the uh, algorithms that are setting those lines, they are very, very, very sharp as probably many of you know. Who, uh, who do get into that space, but nonetheless, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, if I, you know, when, when betting is legal, uh, it's strictly going to be like an entertainment source for me. I don't think that there's enough edge in the current side of things, but uh, would it be fun to be able to, to you know, hedge and say, okay, uh, I've got a DFS lineup here that might be in contention for, you know, 100k on DraftKings or a million dollars for the Masters, and I need a really good round from Rory McElroy here uh, on Sunday. But, um, you know, if Dustin Johnson ends up winning this tournament and has a great day, then it's probably not going to break my way. You can hedge a little bit in terms of, you know, you know, low score on a Sunday, or, you know, different kind of golf bets along the way, different prop bets. Like there's just so much that you can do from an entertainment side. Which uh, which I think is exciting to see. So DraftKings looks like they uh, came out and uh, you know said we're gonna we're gonna go into this. And, and some people have already said to me, Dan, like uh, you know, isn't this bad for like trying to get legalized DFS in other states to say like, oh, we've got a head of bookmaker. I mean, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but you know, I heard an interview with Jason the other day, the CEO of DraftKings. He brought up a pretty good point. is It's still two separate businesses. Like, you know, it's... Yes, they might, there might be a shared wallet across those things, but uh, in terms of the games themselves, you know, are they skill games? Are they games of skill? Well, I still think that peer versus peer aspect versus going against the house is a huge difference in these things. and uh, And I don't think it's going to be that much of a big deal because let's face it we've already had so much movement already and certainly the states that don't have it Alabama, you know, Louisiana, Iowa, you know it's a shame that people can't play DFS or fantasy sports in those states and hopefully that's gets rectified here fairly soon but i think the anger against DFS has certainly fallen by the wayside. And uh, hopefully those last couple of states can get some clarity. Heck, even where I live in Florida would be useful to try and get some clarity, although not looking particularly great. All right. I spent 13 minutes talking about betting. You're here for DFS for, for you on this uh, Monday, or Tuesday. So let's get to it again. Uh, we're going to use FanDuel. As our point of reference today, we go position by position. Not a ton of games for us, but some high scoring ones. Uh, Nets and Cavs, Bulls and Hornets, 76ers, Heat. Uh, we've got Bucks and Wizards, Sacramento and Trailblazers, and then the Nuggets versus the Clippers tonight. That one's got a big old number next to it 232 in that one. All right, let's start at point guard today. And yeah, I don't really love spending 10 k on Damian Lillard, he has been excellent here lately no question about it to get to that salary kind of proves that but I just don't feel like that's where you want to spend today I mean I think some of our value choices are going to be limited and if I got to pay up it's hard not to play a LeBron today and it's hard not to play a uh, Nikola Jokic today who both feel like locks for like 50 fantasy points tonight um, and Uh, you know, you've got Sacramento here, Damian Lillard here in a game with, what, a two ten total. So that one doesn't particularly excite me all that much on FanDuel. So I'm looking probably more in the middle tier here at point guard. And, you know, Chris Dunn yesterday, really good game into the 40s, but that was without Zach Levine, who is going to play today. So I think that's going to lower his projection for me a little bit. We've got it at 35 fantasy points in 33 minutes, and that's 6,500 over there on... Fanduel is somewhat intriguing, dropped a little bit on DraftKings below 7K as well at 6,900, 12-7 over on Fantasy Draft. He does enough in other categories where he's not a bad play tonight, um, but I'm just not in love with it just because he hasn't been scoring enough, taking enough shots, and we saw a huge difference in terms of his you know shot attempts here uh just yesterday he went for 15 attempts and then the three games prior he went for 12 11 and nine so uh again fills up the the uh, the stat lines from top to bottom but you kind of need that scoring to get up there and this is the first time he's scored over 20 points in a while so a lukewarm on him not a guy I'm totally writing off now Goran Dragic against Philadelphia Uh, I do like today at 6,100 on FanDuel. Feels way too cheap there. Uh, DraftKings at 64, not a bad number on him there. But uh, on FanDuel in particular, I think is just way too cheap. He should get into the mid-30s minutes. And he's been all over the map. You know, last game versus Memphis... Two shot attempts 27 fantasy points the game prior to that 22 shot attempts against new orleans for 54 fantasy points so uh obviously you've got a huge spread uh between the floor and the ceiling on him but i love that ceiling at 6100 that you know we've got austin rivers in this game as well but i think i'd rather probably just pay up 500 more um and not in this game but in a high total game but i'd probably pay 500 more for dragic uh, today just because I feel that minutes are pretty secure here in this game versus Philly so I like him Rivers is fine at, at 5.62 just such limited upside in him that uh, I think maybe better suited for cash because he's going to play a lot of minutes tonight but uh, I don't think there's the upside in tournaments that's going to win much for you at that number Um, a guy who could though is TJ McConnell. He has those games, you know, where he has like random triple doubles or whatnot. And he is really cheap on FanDuel at 3,600. Uh, if you really want to get in multiple studs, if you want to play LeBron, you want to play, uh, Giannis Jokic, um, you're going to have to use some 3k guys. And there's not a lot down there that I trust. He is a guy that I do trust. I mean, he's had a 54, he's had a 34, 23 works for you at this price point. Um, 28, 25, 45, 30, those all work at this price point. Given um, there really aren't the injuries, the minutes are kind of stagnant, but sometimes he starts playing well and coaches leave him in. So at 3,600 on FanDuel, uh, if you need stars and scrubs, if that's the way you want to play it, I get it at that price point. Uh, let's see, George Hill at 46 against Brooklyn, I think is somewhat intriguing here, we get him at a uh, t- what 23 in the DVP ranking against point guards, coming off a really bad game where he's like 1 for 7 shooting, uh, at 4,600, he can get you into the 30s, we saw it two games ago against Memphis, but... That's still a big ask for him. He scored 18 real-life points that day, only had one assist, and that's what's kind of concerning here. For a guy who's a point guard on this team, and I realize LeBron is, you know, facilitates a lot, one assist over the last two games hasn't been over, I think, five assists since he's joined this team, so uh, that is a little bit concerning. But in tournaments, I think I can play him. Cash games, I'm not likely going there today. Uh, and then you've got Jamal Murray in a, uh, what, two, I say, 232 total here uh, against Sacramento's just, or excuse me, against Clippers who are just dreadful on defense. Another guy whose shots have fallen down 13-11-12 in the last game, 9-9-8 before then. You know, there's that stretch where he's like shooting like 19-20 times a game. He's not really there right now. And that team's getting healthy. You've got uh, Paul Millsap also potentially returning to the lineup today. So I think there's a little bit risky, but, it, you know, using a guy in that game with that incredibly high total, I get it. You know, DraftKings, you got him at 400 cheaper, so 6600 there. Probably a little bit preferred target if I'm going to go that route. Don't really love um, Cameron Payne tonight. Kemba's fine, but at 9 k we're not really getting a discount on him on either site, so, uh, you know, we're paying – Pretty premium number for him there. 86 on DraftKings, again, is is about right. Uh, so, yeah, that's the point guards. Let's move on. Shooting guard up next. And uh, this one's interesting. I, I think, you know, we're going to have a little bit of chalk here. And it could come from the Clippers in the tune of Lou Williams and Tyrone Wallace because Avery Bradley is going to be out again and Wallace drew the start last game, played 36 minutes, got you 32 fantasy points. The game prior, played 19 minutes against Golden State and got you 22 fantasy points. So that's a great per-minute average. And uh, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't start here as well. So those last two games, Phoenix and Golden State, pretty high tempo. But this one is, like I said, as well against Denver. So uh, he's cheap at 45. He's one of the value pieces. He's I prefer him over Lavert over Dwayne Wade tonight, who are kind of down in that cheap range. So he's in play for us today. And then we got Lou Williams at 7,300 uh, on FanDuel. And I just feel is, uh probably about 700 too cheap. I think he's an 8K player. 7,200 on DraftKings. Love that 13.5 on Fantasy Draft. Uh, he's locked in mid 30s minutes. The shot attempts, you know me, I love those. 20, 17, 18, 18, 21. Doesn't matter if he comes off the bench, he's going to score a lot. And this is the type of game we want to play him. And then we got a little price decrease here in Bradley Beal at 8500. He was uh, up to 9500 3 games ago against Cleveland and uh, so he's 1000 cheaper here today on FanDuel. 89 over on DraftKings. So uh, a little bit actually more expensive than his last game where he was 8600. So I think the preferred target is FanDuel and maybe also on Fantasy Draft at 16.1. You know, wings against uh, Milwaukee usually a pretty good bet for your lineups here tonight, and just super consistent. A guy who's you know going to take a, a certain number of shots each and every time he's out there. Uh, it's whether or not he fits your build. My initial build, I didn't have him. I went with both guards there from the Clippers, but you can make an argument there for Beal. Certainly, if you're going to go pay down, and you know if you don't want to go all the way up to Jokic, you want to play a, a white side. You know, it can easily get up to a a, a Beal, but for me, a priority play seems to be Jokic at the center position. Um, pretty much Sacramento. I don't trust these guys right now because we saw yesterday randomly had uh, Zach Randolph sit, which isn't surprising. It was a back-to-back, and they're trying to sit their old guys, but um, just a mess of a of a spot right now. So I, I don't think we need to deal with that game too much today Zach or J.J. Reddick. I I certainly liked a little bit earlier but he's kind of been uh, you know slowed down here a little bit I don't know if it's the minutes or what's going on I mean they've went out and and got a few you know pieces um, recently uh, just uh, who were waived guys like Bellinelli or Sonelli Sova I think is going to Philly too Um, 5,100 I feel like there's upside in tournaments at that price 5k on DraftKings uh, 96 on Fantasy Draft but I don't think I can go there and cash with that inconsistency. Uh, Russell, again, that team is getting healthy here. We've got Lavert. We've got THJ back. Uh, and, you know, yes, he had those two really nice games against Charlotte and Indiana on the 22nd and the 14th. But last night, two for nine, 19 fantasy points, not going to cut it at that big price tag, 7,200 over there on FanDuel. DraftKings juiced him up a little bit. He was 63. Now he's 69. So, uh, no thanks. I think Gary Harris is an interesting tournament play, both he and Barton at this position. Barton's really priced up, and I want to love these guys, just how efficient we get in the shooting of Harris. You know, 10 for 16, 33, 10 for 18, 31, 7 for 17, 25, and then 2 for 12 last game versus Houston, but still nearly got you 30 fantasy points. So he's fine. I think there's just a lot of ways you can play the shooting guard position. DraftKings, 6K, I like him a little bit better there. Uh, I initially was on to Barton, but that's a heavy, heavy price tag. But again, you've got a 10-point higher implied team total versus their season average for Denver. So I don't think you can go wrong with jamming some of those guys into your lineups. Uh, All right, moving on to small forward today. LeBron Giannis probably can't go wrong with either one, but uh, it's hard for me to say that Giannis is better than LeBron right now for fantasy purposes. When you look at, you know, just the recent performances, 59, 51, 58, 56, 52, 61, 72. Uh, He's just been absolutely incredible. So um, super safe. You know, he's a guy who's just the one constant in that lineup. Maybe Giannis has 70 fantasy point upside. We haven't seen that in LeBron all that often. You want to play them both, you're going to differentiate your lineups. For sure, and I don't think it's the worst play out there because you look at the other options we have here, and there's not a lot that I'm comfortable with at at, at small four. David Nawaba at 4,800, no thanks. I mean, he's okay. At least the salary kind of dropped back down a little bit for him, but I think he's a 20 fantasy point guy. Denzel Valentine was fine yesterday, but with Levine coming back, I'm not so sure. Kelly Oubre had a nice game. Uh, what last time out? I think he went for 37 fantasy points, but went for 14 the day before that one for 32, then went for seven. So no consistency there whatsoever. Um, not a lot to love uh, at this. And you know, I think if you want to kind of get cute here on the value side of things, Mark Maurice Harkless could be a guy to look at as he's clearly into the rotation. Um, you know, over 30 minutes in two of the last three games. Uh, actually, two out of the last four games, but 26 minutes um, as well. He can get climb into the low 30s for you, but I'm not loving it. I mean, Otto Porter at 72, it's a really expensive number on him today. Both you know, Fanduel, DraftKings 68. So maybe going big, double small forward is the way to go today. And more that I look at this thing, so because uh, I don't trust Seti Osman. And keep your eye on that lineup there for Cleveland. We could have some sort of. Change there that could could open some things up. All right, power forward Paul Millsap. Uh, we'll be curious to see where he goes today in terms of minutes if he plays. He's still questionable for tonight. hasn't played in a few months. I, I mean, I think twenty minutes is probably about the max we would see from him. But the question is, at thirty five hundred, is that good enough? We've got him projected at twenty three fantasy points with a twenty minute uh, minute projection today, and that kind of gets you there at thirty five hundred. And if you want to go. Giannis and LeBron, you're going to need some crappers. And uh, if you can get a guy like him who's a former All-Star, even in 20 minutes of work, it might be worthwhile. Um, Alfarouk Aminu also popping a little bit on projections this morning at 5,100 on FanDuel and on DraftKings, 10K over on Fantasy Draft. Uh, I don't love playing this guy because the usage is just, I mean, abysmal. 10, 8, 8. That's where we are um, in terms of uh, usage on him. So Al Farouk I think, is a little bit dangerous, but he's kind of in that cheaper territory. I'd probably rather go with a Markeef Morris or a um, Jabari Parker at 4,500. Parker's a guy I'd love to see his minutes go up a little bit more. I know, you know, they're cautious with him. He's a young player. He's had injuries, uh, but got up to 24 minutes last game, took 14 shot attempts against New Orleans, 31 fantasy points, and he's a good offensive player. So I think he's a sneaky tournament play, even on fantasy draft tonight at 8,200. Uh, all right, James Johnson today at 5K. I think he's somewhat interesting. He's not really popping on our projections today, but he's been pretty steady lately. But only that 19 minutes against Memphis last game is a little bit worrisome. Kelly Olynyk is back, so uh, you've got that to worry about as well. Um, if we'd get another day of no Zach Randolph, you could you could sell me on scowl a little bit at 5400. Played solid minutes yesterday. Scored 20 real life points. I just don't know that we're going to see that. But still, 25 and 25 the two games prior to that. It's not unplayable, but just kind of limited upside there for him. Um, and Laurie Markkinen as well. You know, He was really cheap on DraftKings yesterday. Had a great first half and then really slowed down. He's still cheap today. 61 FanDuel, 57 DraftKings, 11K Fantasy Draft. Uh, 30 minutes should be in the cards for him again tonight. Lastly, the center position. If you're playing fantasy draft, you can play multiple guys. I'd highly recommend it for you today. Uh, on FanDuel, it's going to be difficult. And yesterday, I, I hope you listen to me. I kind of tried to sell you on the Len fade because I just was not confident in him at all. And sure enough, it uh, didn't really work particularly out great for Alex Len owners yesterday. Just felt like a tough spot. And uh, certainly Davis went off. Booker went off. But Len could have killed a bunch of your lineups yesterday. And that was the tough decision. You know, do you go with value on FanDuel or do you go with safety on FanDuel? And safety yesterday certainly paid off. Now, today I don't think there's a lot of value that's standing out. You know, Felicio, I invested way too much on him on DraftKings yesterday. And he was just awful. Um, So, you know, he could easily rebound here again. Uh, They're going to need his big body in there potentially against... uh, against Dwight Howard but I just don't think he's good. So that's the problem. So uh my options are probably Jokic, he's number 1, but you know, I don't think you can do a build of Jokic. Uh let's see real quick. If we did Jokic and um LeBron again, this is this is this is way stars and scrubby. Like this is this is definitely not going to be pretty and antenna kumpo i mean those are my three favorite plays they should everybody's three favorite plays it leaves us 4500 per position um i think you can actually do it um again it's going to require playing guys like george hill uh in some lineups (laughs) which isn't great but i think we could make that work i'm just trying to see here Uh, power forwards the mess though Uh, I mean, if Paul, if you trust Paul Millsap at 3,500, you can make that work. If you trust him to get 20 minutes tonight, you can make that work. But I just feel like those three are like just clearly the top guys tonight. Um, But my other option at center, I mean, we got Embiid at 10-2 against Miami, you know, get a little rivalry there with Whiteside. I actually prefer Whiteside at uh, almost 3K cheaper at 7,400 as probably my center two. Dwight Howard should eat against Chicago. And I'm fine with him as well. We've got him projected at 38. I'd put him over 40 today. Like, this feels like a 20 and 15 lock and load for him against the Bulls. So, those are my centers that I'm playing. If you want to go cheap, you could throw Tristan Thompson in there. Again, DeAndre Jordan's going to probably grab another 15 to 20 rebounds tonight. But, uh, you know, scoring is so limited. But, double doubles here in five consecutive games so he's got that going for him but 79 on DraftKings 83 on FanDuel 14.5 on Fantasy Draft but not taking a center from a team with a 10 point higher implied run uh, team total tonight than their season average uh, Nikola Jokic I think I got to go there and I know I know that like everybody's healthy now especially you throw Millsap in there that could swing things a little bit more but he's He's do everything. I mean, his logs have been insane here lately. What is it? Uh, let's read them off to you real quick. 52, 54, 74, 57. So uh, we've got him projected at 48. I'd move them into the 50s tonight. Uh, all right, that's it. We are done for today. Thanks so much for the listen and the download and uh, being a part of the Rotor Grinders community. And we'll be back for Wednesday Slate tomorrow. You can find me on XM Radio tonight, 6 to 7, getting you ready right before roster lock tonight with the Beer Makers fan. And uh, remember, we got our golf premium show. It's a freemium. So if you're not a premium member, you can watch it, but you got to watch it live and you got to watch it free on Grinders Live uh, at, I believe that's 8 Eastern tonight. But if you are a premium subscriber, then the good news is you get it on demand. You get it whenever you want. So that's how we kind of pay it forward to you guys for golf premium. I heard... Um, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, inside info, we've got a new kind of PGA projection model that should be rolling out that I know uh, Kevin Cole, our, um, our main numbers guy at RG, our analytics guy, has been uh, tinkering with here for a while. So, uh, hopefully we can get that launched this week, but that is on the way, and again, uh, huge tournaments this week, DraftKings. Um, for golf three 100k payouts which is interesting because it's a small field it's a no-cut event but you do have some big names so uh, again if you're a regular premium subscriber to us you're already getting the golf stuff Um, if you're not try the seven-day free trial you can get golf for this weekend you can get nba and if you like it then uh, hopefully you give it a try and sign up for the month or the entire year and if you do the year you're set up for football season next year baseball coming up next basketball season you'll get most of that as well because it's a it's a full calendar year so check it out i think it's the best value you're going to find in premium dfs content anywhere Uh, i'm out of here thanks so much for joining me as always and i'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the road to grinders daily
0: fantasy fix see you everybody